0: Come up with one good reason why Dwayne Haskins shouldn't get the start Thursday night in Philadelphia. Good morning to you. Good Tuesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Steelers. Comes your way bright and early every weekday morning. If you're into hockey and or baseball, I also offer up Daily Shots of Penguins and Pirates right where you found this. I'm not going to overstate what Haskins has done in this camp, but I am going to try to portray it accurately. And as such, when you hear it, it might sound like I'm overstating it because he's been that good. Hasn't been perfect. Hasn't really been tested when you get right down to it. The Steelers have had not even a handful of padded practices yet. We don't know, at least not in black and gold, how he can handle a real rush, how he can handle getting bumped, how he can handle the confusion that comes with all the various complex blitzes that modern NFL defensive schemes can throw at a quarterback. And let's remember that what got Haskins into the most trouble in Washington, on the field anyway, was his inability to read the field. His inability to pick out the right target. His inability to, you know, make the smart decision. So what we see on a daily basis at Heinz Field has to be taken into that context. Now, now that I've gotten that out of the way, no one, has thrown a better ball in this camp. And when I say no one, I'm including Ben Roethlisberger. Haskins has shown a touch when it's needed. He's been able to find running backs and receivers in the flat with pristine timing. He's been able to throw bullets, and I'm talking bullets, across the middle into traffic, and yet they come with such authority and such accuracy that you don't think to yourself, boy, that was a risky play. It just looks like, oh, that was the intended play. And it was executed as intended. And if that's not enough, I'm here to tell you that he's putting up by far the best deep balls in this camp. When he's seeing his guy going downfield, and I'm not talking about deep as in 20 yards turnaround. I'm talking about bombs. He is putting the ball right under the receiver. All the receiver has to do is keep running and, you know, catch the thing. Overstating it? Sure. Whatever. I don't care, you know, because the truth is you're going to see, I'm going to see, and way more important than any of that, Mike Tomlin and the coaching staff and all the evaluators are going to see in preseason games what any of this means. But I'm not doing the show then. I'm doing it now. If I could tell the future, believe me, this would be a gambling show. As it is, you'll have to settle for this. What I've seen to date has been very much worth an extended additional look i would like to see haskins get more action thursday night in philadelphia now whether or not he starts or you know gets x amount of quarters or starts the second half or whatever it is i'd like to see him take more snaps whatever it is that that entails if he starts he starts whatever He's the one who has earned the extra playing time at this phase of training camp. He's been significantly better than Mason Rudolph, and he's been better than Josh Dobbs, who's had a pretty good camp. So, you know, put him out there. Put him out there. This portion of Daily Shot of Steelers is brought to you by our friends at Point Park University. Choose from over 100 career-focused programs leading to bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees. Choose how and where you'd prefer to learn, whether it's at the beautiful downtown Pittsburgh campus, whether it's online, whether it's a flexible hybrid format. Learn more about all of this at pointpark.edu. One more time, that's pointpark.edu. I hate to sound like one of the many, many people that's ready to throw Rudolph out to the curb. I'm not among them. I happen to have a memory that's a little bit longer than the past couple of weeks. And I remember that Rudolph went into a stadium in Cleveland at the end of the last regular season and performed pretty well and had had at least a healthy percentage of of the nation at his back after that. There was a fair amount of sentiment in Mason's favor. I don't know that anybody was ready to anoint him the next franchise guy or whatever, but you you saw stuff. Maybe some of that was exaggerated in our eyes because we saw Mason throwing downfield and we hadn't seen Ben do that in a month and a half. But he was accurate. He was mostly poised. And, and he... I don't want to say he got the job done because they didn't win the game, but, you know, he, he didn't exactly embarrass himself out there. This is different, though. This is different. I'm seeing Haskins do the kinds of things that you get excited about in pieces, in slices. Again, trying not to overstate this when it comes to a. Yeah, I was about to say franchise quarterback. Not franchise quarterback. Number one quarterback, okay? Starting quarterback. He's doing those kinds of things. He's making passes that others can't make. He's hanging in the pocket. He's looking confident. He's moving better than most people seem to realize he can. I, I don't know where this knock comes from that he's some immobile. Presence back there. He was locked into a pocket position at Ohio State, and his time in Washington didn't really expand much on that either. He's got some uh, confidence to when he moves his feet, finds a spot, whether that's stepping up in the pocket or rolling out. And again, he'll just make the throw. There was a lot to criticize. Legitimately, about his work in Washington. But you never heard anyone say, "Oh man, dude's just—he's got no arm." You know, he's got no ability to throw the ball. It's the exact opposite. This is what this is what this guy is all about. And he's doing it in a way, in certain drills, two-minute drills. A goal line drills where he looks like he's just in command. I don't know if it's real. All I know is that I'd like to find out. Let's see it. Put him on the field in Philly. Let him play. Let him play. When we come back, just one question. back it's time for just one question that's brought to you always on this program by the personal injury law firm of luxembourg garbett kelly and george lgkg they represent people who are hurt in car accidents who filed for workers comp who need help with medical malpractice claims the attorneys at lgkg have been designated super lawyers for over 15 years that's a real thing capital s capital l Super Lawyer designation is reserved for the top 5% of all attorneys in Pennsylvania. That's that's the real deal. Learn more about them at lgkg.com or by calling 888-842-5454. Today's just one question comes from Matt Hanford, who asks, how do you think Juju Smith-Schuster now fits into a team planning to prioritize the run and with a bench packed with wide receiver talent, his re-signing was mostly heralded as good news, but I'm struggling to see the logic with Najee Harris and three other quality wide receivers. You know, Matt, it's a good question, even if it's a touchy topic. Because here we are now, all this time later, and you didn't even mention the two pass-catching tight ends in Eric Ebron and Pat Friermuth. And there's a lot of talent at the skill positions. Lots and lots and lots of it. Now, how does Juju fit in with a running offense? That, isolated, is an easy question to answer because Juju is their best blocking wide receiver, and I don't know that it's close. He's really, really good at it. He's really diligent at it. And he really kind of likes it. I'm not just saying that because of the one time he bowled over Vontez Perfect. He just seems to enjoy that component to the game. He's got some Heinz Ward to him. Some. So that's how he fits in. Juju is a a team-first player when he's on the field and focused on actual football. He really is, and don't take that away from him. But, but, my goodness, hate to keep coming back to this, because Juju still did come as a relative bargain at one year and $8 million. But, yeah, that. Think about what you could have had in terms of offensive line help. What you really, really need. You know, it's not going to be easy for, for people like me and you to figure this out in August, Matt, because ultimately whether or not Juju being re-signed was worth it will be determined by two people, that's Ben Roethlisberger and Juju Smith-Schuster. If Ben uses Juju the way Ben apparently intends to in having spoken so passionately on Juju's behalf, including Literal minutes after the Cleveland playoff loss, then you would expect that, hey, you got something out of this guy. Now, could you have gotten it also out of James Washington or by having Chase Claypool or Deontay Johnson have a breakout year or getting more out of uh, Eric Ebron or, you know, some kind of impact from Fryermuth? I don't know. I, I, I don't know that. These are all hypotheticals. I do know, and I said this at the time, and a lot of people thought it was a shot at Juju because of, you know, TikToks and whatever else here, which I I don't generally care about. But I do care that the team was and remains as close to the cap as it is and still is just, you know, waiting on multiple answers. On that offensive line, when you could have put forth that money or some of that money toward at least addressing one, one more of those positions. I like the Trey Turner signing. I'm okay with that. But you know, you could have you could have kept going here. We'll see how that plays out here. I appreciate the question, Matt. I appreciate everybody listening. The Daily Shot of Steelers. We'll do another one of these tomorrow.